Hi, this is Michael Perry, founder of Maple, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a mom of Iris triplets, twins, and my third, who I had 18 months later. So I know a thing or two about baby gear and paraphernalia, what you need and what you don't. I only give an F about three Fs, form, the quality and durability of a product, functionality, and fair price. I recently discovered Baby Trends Cover Me 4-in-1 Car Seat. It's a convertible car seat that has a patent-pending canopy for overhead and side sun protection. It can be used for 4 to 100 pounds and in modes including rear-facing, toddler rear-facing, forward-facing, and belt-positioning booster. And get this, the Cover Me also has a very convenient recline system, which allows your child to find a comfortable position and limits the amount of space taken up by the seat when in the rear-facing position. My babies did not like having their knees scrunched up to their face, and rightfully so. Problem solved. Lastly, there's a no-twist, no-rethread harness and comfort cabin with multi-layered padding in conjunction with the UPF 50 Plus canopy I mentioned earlier. Baby Trend was founded in 1988 and it's a brand that's tried, tested, and true. I'm so glad to work with the female podcast collective, ASA, to bring you my code COVERME20 to receive 20% off when you visit babytrend.com backslash ASA, O-S-S-A. Again, COVERME20 to receive 20% off your order at babytrend.com backslash ASA. Safe travels. My last year at Shopify was was hard because I really love the company. I love the people at the company. I still believe the entrepreneurs are my people. They were just no longer the people I wanted to serve. I didn't want to be a servant to them anymore. I wanted to be a servant to parents and I wanted to align my time in the best way possible from the human purpose perspective. I believe our purpose is quite simply to take care of our children. The same purpose of trees and animals on this planet and every other living species that hasn't had societal pressure injected into them, their purpose is singular. And one, and one way I feel like I walked away from a lot and at the same time, I feel like it was the easiest decision to make because in hindsight, it just feels so obvious. As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chedda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that total mom sense. Imagine if parents had a project management app to help run the household and village. We all know there are so many balls in the air from ordering diapers to groceries to making fresh baby food to dropping kids off to soccer practice or ballet. This app will restore the harmony at home. It's called Mm -hmm. Maple. And today I'm joined by the mastermind behind it, Michael Perry. 
Michael Perry is the founder and CEO of Maple, a company focused on building a better world for all parents. Prior to founding Maple, Michael founded Kit, which he sold to Shopify in 2016, and where he worked for over four years as an executive overseeing marketing technology. He has been included on Forbes 30 Under 30 list, recognized by Inc. Magazine for his contributions in the messaging space, and named one of the top marketing executives in the world by Business Insider. Michael currently lives in California with his wife, son, and two bulldogs. So I want to share a little bit about how I met Michael, which was recently on a Zoom. What I have to say is the first thing I noticed about you, Michael, was is your humility, your gratitude, and your passion for making an impact and truly leaving the world in a better place than when you found it. And I know so many of the people you know, and definitely those on your team, feel the same way. Hi, my name is Lauren Zell. I am the head of community at Maple. I work at Maple because I don't want to see another generation of parents struggle the way that I see my my friends struggling, the way that I'm struggling, the way that I see so many parents struggling. I just think in this country, we can do so much better, so much better as a society. Michael Perry is a force of nature. And if anyone can change the way that this country approaches parenting, it's Michael Perry. I have never met anyone so passionate about improving the quality of life for families. I follow him because of it, because I truly believe that culturally, politically, in technology, we are working so hard to create a shift in this country, in the way that we treat families, the way that we support families, and the way that we approach parenting in general. And it feels like the best use of my time on planet Earth. So I, that's why. That's why I'm here. It's why I'm at Maple. We don't just drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> We're making the Kool-Aid. We believe it. Every person at Maple truly believes in this mission. And it's just so inspiring and really exciting. It feels like a pretty big responsibility. Um, and I feel so grateful to be on this journey. Hello, I am Mike Taylor, the CTO and co-founder at Maple. I work at Maple because I want to write software that my friends and family can use to make their lives better and parenting better and easier for themselves. And Michael Perry is a passionate father, family man, friend, and founder slash entrepreneur and the perfect person to take Maple to that level that can help all families. Hi, I am Mallory Valenzuela. I am a product manager at Maple. I work at Maple because I'm devoted to our mission to improve the quality of life for families. And, you know, I think it's also very personal because I come from an immigrant family. I've seen, you know, the sacrifices that my parents have made you know, to improve the quality of our life, you know, what was in their control. And it, I think it's also the product that we're building. In some ways, it's also preparing me to become a parent. Um, and so I think selfishly, I'm also like, you know, I want to use Maple for my own family. Um, and so, yeah, it's 
it's the mission, it's personal, it's my family history, my background, it's everything kind of converging together in a really special way. Michael Perry is a ball of fire. I mean that in an incredibly positive way. I just feel his energy. Um, I feel his passion. I feel his sense of belief, whether it be his belief in Maple and in the product that we're building and our mission or even in my teammates and how we're coming together to create a movement. So yeah, he's, he's a ball of fire. And I'm so grateful that I got to meet him at this point in his journey as both a father and an entrepreneur. And just really, I think day by day, embracing his vision. Um, I think it's so special and uh, something that I'm so grateful to be a part of. And, and again, I think it's one of the greatest privileges of my life that I get to work with him. I'm Joel Grenier, and I head up user experience and design at Maple. So I work at Maple because I believe startups have the opportunity to solve really big social problems. I come from a smaller remote community where a lot of us had to move away from families to start their own careers and their own families. We've been so focused on our own family that over time we felt bad asking for help because we didn't want to burden anyone else with our parental responsibilities. The funny thing is many parents feel this way. And if we could all show up for each other a little bit more, we could improve the stigma associated to asking for help. I believe Maple can help break that down. Michael Perry is uh, passionate and determined to bring this team together because families definitely deserve better than what they have today. Hi, I'm Aaron Bridgian. I head up operations here at Maple. I work at Maple because I genuinely believe we can make a difference in the lives of families all over the world. And an opportunity to work towards something this special is truly a privilege, something I'm super proud of. Michael Perry is a great leader, an incredible father, a sensational friend, and without a doubt, the most caring person I have the privilege of knowing. Hi, my name is Danielle Youngblood, and I'm the team manager and executive assistant at Maple. I work at Maple because being a mother of two, I believe wholeheartedly in our mission. I want to help all parents live more well-balanced lives. Michael is not only our CEO, but he is my friend. I see him as a visionary, but always willing to learn. He is a true inspiration to me and makes me want to strive to be my best. Thank you very much. And obviously, humbled and honored to be here and excited to connect with you today and chat about parenting and life and entrepreneurship and all of it. Yes, yes. Let's get into it. So tell us about your childhood. My childhood, you know, I actually feel incredibly fortunate for my childhood. And I look back on it in, in an incredibly fun way. I grew up in a tiny town in the Bay Area called Alameda, California. Um, it's an island off of Oakland. And off of that island is another island called Harbor Bay, where um, I grew up. My family grew up in a community out there. And it's so crazy to look back. And it's only been, you know, I'm 35. So it's only been 25 years since I was a child. Mm -hmm. But there's this huge dirt lot behind our house. And we would, all the neighborhood kids had just, you know, amazing time riding bikes and hanging out. And childhood was amazing. And I started businesses as a young kid. My uncle had a video store in Alameda and my parents sent me to work for him on the weekends when I was seven. And that's kind of what started my entrepreneurial and working career. But it was just a time period of my life as it is for any child that was incredibly formative. And 
uh, gave me just so much depth at an early age and perspective about how I wanted to spend my time on this planet and be an entrepreneur. And I feel in a lot of ways, when I look back at that young man, I'm, I'm, I hopefully have done him well and done right. And I'm just trying to be a representation of what he dreamed about so many years ago. Yes, yes, absolutely. And tell us about family, your siblings and... Yeah, I have a younger sister. She's amazing. Her name's Taylor. She lives in the Bay Area with her husband and their son, Henry. My sister and I are two years apart, incredibly close. She's someone that I am overwhelmingly proud of. She's lived a a phenomenal life of being a servant to humankind. She was in the Peace Corps for a number of years um, as just a a, a giver to a default. Uh, My parents phenomenal people in their own right, in their own way. My mom had me at 23. My father was 25. They've always been the hardest working people I know. My parents work so incredibly hard and have never lost that like constitutional grit. You know, we're a multi-generational family of immigrants and just having that instilled in them to kind of work hard, pave their own way and like deeply rooted those values in both my sister and myself and still harp on my sister and I to raise our children with that kind of work ethic tenacity. But we were a small family, you know, the four of us, my grandmother lived down the street, my aunt lived down the street, my cousin lived (laughs) down the street. We all kind of did it together and somehow, some way kind of survived a little bit of the journey together of just probably having children a little bit too young and um, without the resources that I know they desperately probably wanted to have when they were raising kids. We balanced life with the currency of love and just did our best to get through life together as one unit. Wow. I wanted to touch on your trajectory. So let's start with your first company where it was very much like what Instagram is today, right? Yeah. I I was standing on a car lot. I was 21, soon to be 22. You know, I grew up really loving software. I didn't know it then, but like, I just loved it. There's something just that I was one of these kids who was on Friendster. I was one of these kids who late at night was on AOL and some messenger talking to their friends. I was one of these kids. Like I just, there's so much about connectivity and the human spirit that software brings that I love so deeply. And I just decided I wanted to give it a go. Like I, I, I was happy with selling cars and I was like excited to spend time with my dad. But in the scheme of things, I knew in my heart, that's not how I wanted to spend my time on this earth. And so I would call this friend of mine and we would talk about this idea and 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 this idea. And And finally, I came up with this concept. There's so many incredible people trying to express themselves through photography. Why don't we create a place like there's no media, there's no comments, there's no stuff, but they just simply post their photo in this stream that you can see your stream is made up of the people that you follow and you starred the photos that you like. And it basically like upvoted those photos to the top. It was just like when these things were like, we didn't know how to raise money. It was kind of like the very early days of the web 2.0 era. It was, you know, 2007, 2008. Facebook would have been two years old at that point. We just didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know how to raise money. We didn't know how to build a company. It was just like people who genuinely had the passion and love for building things. And right. that company ended up fizzling out after a couple of years. And we had thousands of users across the, across the world using the product. And that was pre-mobile, pre a bunch of stuff. I do think that it had some Instagram ask a lot of people, a lot of the users to use it, refer to it as like Instagram before Instagram. But it was a blessing that it failed. I should say it was a blessing it didn't materialize because in hindsight, my passion and love wasn't for that community as much as it was for building things. I think the the unique thing and the the optimal thing about great founders, I think, and I'm hoping to one day be considered a great founder, is that when they're able to very neatly solve a problem for a group of people that they genuinely love. 
Yes. Like when you are like, these are my people and you see the problem that your people are facing and you're like, mm-hmm. I want to solve that problem. I feel really connected to that way of addressing businesses and live for fame wasn't it. So we moved off of that and started a company called Giving. I dropped out of the car business, decided to take a job as a recruiter to basically make up job postings to recruit people to come work at that company. Um, and that's how we got our mobile engineer and a bunch of other people. These people were working on giving. I was working full-time, making money, taking my entire paycheck, paying those people to work at that company, taking angel investment from people who I had previously sold cars to, who I kept oh, wow. and yeah. to start emailing my customers to be like, hey, remember me? I sold you an Audi A4. Right. I sold you. And, uh, <laughs> That's resourceful. Uh, I love yeah, that. Yeah. And um, to make a super long story short, that company didn't materialize. It was focused on helping small business owners build out a CRM system through a mobile loyalty card. And three years into building that business, I learned every single thing not to do with a business. Mm. Um, I remember it because it was probably one of the darkest periods of my of my life. My wife and I had just gotten married. Her grandmother had just died shortly after our wedding. And the company was dying as well. And I was probably 70 grand in the hole. I had sold my car. I had no money. I had borrowed money from family. And I literally didn't even have enough money to buy a cup of coffee. Between my wife and I, like we literally were like dead broke. And I like was like, okay, at that point I was 26, probably I think around there, mm-hmm. 27. And um, it was 2013. I had no college degree. I had no quote unquote professional working experience. My only experience had been like selling cars. Right. From my dad. And uh, I was massively in debt. And I just found myself at this intersection of like, for the first time asking myself, if I was going to quit on myself. First time in my life asking myself, am I, am I going to quit on this dream of being who I think I'm capable of becoming? Those questions would come up again later in life. But I basically just like out of just sheer grit, you know, my whole company dissolved. I started working on a new concept called Kit. I re-recruited my previous co-founder from Giving, who's also my co-founder at Live for Fame. Promised him this would be the last time a company failed. Promised him this was the last time. <laughs> Promised him the last time we'd build a company like this was going to be it. I told him, give me 12 months to show you I can raise venture capital. Just come on board. And he and I worked nights and weekends. I worked full-time on it. He worked nights and weekends and um, eventually had a breakthrough idea, was able to raise a couple hundred thousand dollars. He came on full-time. That company then started to fail again, going nowhere, and then came up with the concept of a bot, which became a whole industry. And our company at that point raised another 500K, we ended up raising like $1 million total. Company was growing at about 100% month over month over month on revenue yep. for basically 18 months straight. Uh, got to default alive, 10 full-time employees, was making tons of money, uh, became the fastest growing app on Shopify, Etsy, big commerce. That's when all the acknowledgement stuff from Forbes and all that stuff started happening and then sold the company to Shopify. In my mind, people always ask me, well, how long did it take for you to, you know, oh, wow, you built a company and sold it in three years. I'm like, I was at this for 11 years. I was selling cars six days a week. Oh my gosh. And then would work from 8 p.m. to maybe two or three o'clock in the morning on my software company and then get up at 6 a.m. and go back to work for like years. I was in terrible shape. I wasn't sleeping. Like everything was about working or working or working or working. My wife and I didn't take a vacation for seven years. She worked like three jobs to help pay our bills and allow me to keep going. I mean, it is such a team effort, such a collaborative effort. There is no self-made. There is like self-made does not exist. No That's understand. really, really, really amazing. And you know, to have the the success story that you did with with Shopify, what I loved is 
that you've always trusted your gut. Even when you became an executive at Shopify, you decided this is Kush, mm-hmm. but I got to go build something else. Mm-hmm. And despite the the companies that didn't materialize and any kind of pitfalls that came along the way, that did not deter you. So mm-hmm. tell us about that moment where you know you're you're at your peak um, and mm-hmm. you you say I, I have to go about something else. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that was a very odd chapter in my life because I, I felt like I had become who I envisioned a little bit, right? Uh, but the only kicker there was that part of what I was envisioning for myself was to be a great entrepreneur and I wasn't an entrepreneur somewhere else. And so I struggled with that at Shopify because, yeah, I was being paid very well. Company was blowing up, right? Like it, when I joined Shopify, it was 1,200 people 200,000 merchants, five offices. By the time I left, 10,000 employees, 1.5 million merchants. Well, they had gone because of COVID completely digital, but you know, 20 yeah. plus around the world. I was flying out around the world, speaking at conferences, being paid and asked to speak at conferences, like, you know, going on Cheddar, going on CB, like I was feeling like the man, a wife, beautiful son, yes. beautiful house. Like, but I also at the same time, I just, I knew I wasn't being honest with myself. Right. And that's a super hard thing, right? Is that when you know truth, most people never want to act on truth. Mm. Most people will stick out a marriage they're unhappy in, even though they know truth. Most people will stay at a job they're unhappy with, even though they know truth. Most people will stay in a city that they were born in and be miserable because mm. of lack of curiosity and truth. Most, pe- most people stay stuck because of their unwillingness to accept the outcome of truth. Most people don't want to be single. Most people don't want to move. Most people don't want to quit a job. Most like change is scary. My last year at Shopify was, was hard because I really loved the company. I love the people at the company. I still believe the entrepreneurs are my people. They were just no longer the people I wanted to serve. I didn't want to be a servant to them anymore. I wanted to be a servant to parents and I wanted to align my time in the best way possible from the human purpose perspective. I believe our purpose is quite simply to take care of our children. The same purpose of trees and animals (laughs) on this planet and every other living species that hasn't had societal pressure injected into them, their purpose is singular. And one one way I feel like I walked away from a lot and at the same time, I feel like it was the easiest decision to make because in hindsight, (laughs) it just feels so obvious. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm glad that you did because now we have maple. We have maple. Yeah. Tell us about how it even came to be because it's, you know, even just the name of the company is very significant. Yeah, it is. So in this chapter, in this glorious chapter of Shopify, about two years in, I felt like, wow, you know, I'm hitting some professional success in these things. But my wife and I, the flip side, we're also hearing like devastating news, right? So here's like back to the early part of this conversation, Mm. Instagram, and you look at my life, you'd be like, right, Right. got the house, got the cars, taking the vacations, got the team, got the, and then the flip side is like, the heartbreak and sadness was like overwhelmingly consuming because my wife is finding out that, you know, we can't biologically through natural conception have children. Mm. And, you know, we took a trip to Japan and people are like, oh my God, your trip looks so amazing. It's like, we cried half the trip because we had just got this devastating news that we you know, weren't going to be able, probably not going to have children unless we adopted, which we always will consider to add more beautiful children to our home, or if we explored in vitro fertilization. And we went to Japan, it was the fall, and it's a special time in Japan because the Japanese maples change color to represent the ending of the season. 
where everything goes from green. It's like the ending of life in a beautiful way. It's the perfect like yin yang balance, right? It's like wow. the rep, the representation of, of change of the passing of the guard. And so we went around Japan for 10 days chasing these red maples. And it was on that trip that my wife decided that she wanted to make the sacrifice for our family and try uh, IVF. And so like that, that trip to me is just so symbolic of selflessness, of courage, family. It's like, it's this representation of, of change and the willingness to allow change to exist in your heart. I did not know on that trip, how important that trip was going to be. I did not know on that trip that I was ever going to leave Shopify. It wasn't until I held my son for the very first time. And I can remember exactly the feeling. And like, I just remember this intense moment of time just standing still, just realizing and feeling the most connected to my own life that I've ever felt. And just realizing that all the things that I've worked so hard for material wise don't matter to me anymore. That was the most pivotal moment and will always be the most pivotal moment of my life because I feel like every human basically lives two lives and their first life is full of confusion and, you know, they look at this life through the lenses of society and then there's the second life that emerges, which is the truth that you only have one and everything else that you thought mattered actually doesn't. And that moment defined who I am. It defines my body of work forever. And so I decided I wanted to start a company around empowering people because we can't change the way that the world works, but we can change the way that people work inside of the world. Could Maple be this long-term? I mean, we see a world where parents are doing far less in terms of operating their household and far more spending time with their children. In America today, on average, families spend 37 minutes together. We think that's a terrible statistic. We had all these different names for Maple. We originally were going to call the company Matter because it was like, we're all made of matter. And the only thing that matters is Right, right. And then I just realized that I just had this like epiphany about purpose and that the tree has the most unique purpose of giving us all life, providing oxygen. And yet man comes through and chops it down. And then I actually realized that at every single house I ever have lived in, the house in Alameda, the house in Oakland, the very first house I ever bought that my wife and I thought we were going to bring a child home to, which we ended up doing. My house in Calistoga that the universe has recently taken away from me to a natural fire. Every house that I've ever laid my eyes and my body and my soul in and have called home. Every single one of them had a Japanese maple out. Oh my goodness. The universe was telling me 35 years ago that I was going to have a company named Maple someday. And it was going to be probably one of the most important companies ever built. And now for a quick break brought to you by my brand sponsor, Homer. Hi, this is Kanika Shadagupta, founder and host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm Stephanie Dua, president and co-founder of Homer. And this is At Home with Homer. Homer is the essential early learning program for kids aged two to eight. We have the most comprehensive app available for early learning skills that you can find on iOS or Google Play. And you can also find our really fun explore kits that help kids with their math, their reading, and social emotional learning that you can find on our website, learnwithhomer.com. On this weekly segment, we're going to cover a range of topics from raising confident readers to developing emotional intelligence. These are the skills that will carry your child through school and life and resonate most when taught at home by you, their most important teacher. So grab a notepad, your phone, or your mental notebook to remember the tips shared during this segment. And now on to At Home with Homer. 
This conversation is on rebuilding our foundation. So after this really rough and trying year, I think we're all trying to recalibrate and understand what is important to us and how do we want our family life to be going forward, uh, especially during the summer onwards. So Stephanie, do you have any pointers on how we can really uh, embrace the experiences and learnings from COVID as we return to this new life? Probably the most important question we're going to reflect on at this point. Anytime there's a big shock to our system, it's a moment for us to reflect on our priorities and how we're living our life and our family. And I must say, Kanika, we feel I feel so personally blessed to talk to many moms um, through my work at Homer that are really making some big and small changes, you know, thinking about how they spend their time, how they spend their energy. But the way I think about it is these years, these sort of zero to 10 years are so important for a child and a family in really creating the best foundation possible. There are many pieces to that. And I think we can all think of our own lives and areas where there, we had strong foundational elements and things that weren't so strong, right? And they form a narrative. They form a story for our life. And so it's really this really, really treasured period. And I think one of the the ways that we can rethink things is we can think of our time with our children, not just as a job, but a relationship. So what do I mean by that? We think about how do I want to interact with this small human? You know, what kind of relationship do I want to have? with them. And really even asking and reflecting on these types of questions can help us answer how we want to spend our energy, you know, and what things matter to us and what things don't. The second piece of that, that I think is important is you can't do everything. I mean, we hear that all the time, but yet society tells us we should be doing everything perfectly. So Mm. I think it's also an important time to say of the 10 things I could do perfectly from cooking to cleaning to, you know, taking them and coaching a game to helping them learn at home to, you know, maybe service in your community, all of the jobs, all of those tasks, what are the things that matter to me as part of my relationship? And what are things that I don't actually have to do really well? You know, if I don't love cooking, maybe it's okay if we order takeout a bit more. Is that really going to be the worst thing? You know, there are lots of healthy options, right? But we have to kind of, we can't do everything perfectly. I like to say sometimes, you know, a great foundation is the special things, not the everything. Kids remember a few things and those things are part of their story. So really as a family thinking, what are those, just those couple things that we want to be part of our story and then letting the other things go if they're really not critical to your, to the story you want to tell about your family in those early years. Mm. And then the thing is just your energy and managing your energy. You know, when we get tired, we're human, right? We get frustrated, we get short, we don't have the patience to listen. So really having enough self-awareness about our own energy and when we need to slow down for our self-care or when we need to change things and get different support systems, you know, I think is an important piece of this as well, you know, because that allows us to have the capacity really to think about these really important questions. So I really think it's those three things. One is how is this not a job, but a relationship? Two is how is this really about the special things, but not the everything? And then finally, how do we as parents manage our energy so that we're bringing the most important things to this relationship with our young children? Yes, I love that. And I have a few kind of personal experiences to share. As a mom, you know, many of us are just feeling overwhelmed. 
I think we need to embrace and create kind of moments um, and pockets of time when we can, because a lot of the stuff is transactional. I love that you said it's more uh, important to focus on the relationship rather than just the role. And um, something that I recently did is um, I call it magical mama time, where I have one-on-one time with you know, each of my three kids and we can do whatever, whatever they want. You know, if my girl wants to paint her nails or, you know, have me oil her hair, it's just bonding time for me and one of my kids. And it's not as transactional for me too. And it's, it's something that we do after school. Here I am running around. It's like, I have to pick them up around 4.30 and like, you know, just, I feel like I'm always rushing, but they get so excited about this magical mama time. I'm learning to kind of embrace that too and not the task list that's ongoing in my head because um, these are the moments they're going to remember. I love that. And kind of, I can say, I just asked my daughter the other day, she just turned 15. I said, you know, when you go away to college, what are you going to miss the most? And she said, I'm going to miss my cuddles in bed and you rubbing me. She likes to get these like little rubs on her arm. I, she said, you've been doing that since I was a baby. That's my first memory of you is you just giving me cuddles and rubs. That's all I want to come back for, you know? And so it's like, it's the, it is these little moments, right? It's like 15 minutes of just giving her a little squeeze and a cuddle and giving her a little rub on her arm that she remembers the most. Yes. That's, uh, that's amazing to, to know that. So when you, when you create those bonds, when they're young, Mm -hmm. believe me, when they're adolescents, they're going to still look for the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. We hope you enjoyed this week's at home with Homer segment. To download the app, visit learnwithhomer.com backslash momsense, M-O-M-S-E-N-S-E, to receive your very own 60-day free trial. Your kids are going to love playing the games, watching the visual stories, and more. If there's ever been a year to make the dads in your life feel loved and appreciated on Father's Day, it's this one. Papa, I know the kids have had to do more video calls than see you in person, but they look forward to laughing with their Nana G every evening. That's why I'm honoring you with a sentimental gift the whole family can cherish together forever, StoryWorth. I have partnered with StoryWorth, which is an online service that helps you share stories through thought-provoking questions about your memories and personal thoughts. Every week, StoryWorth emails you a different story prompt like, where did you vacation during your childhood? And what is the best advice your father gave you? After one year, StoryWorth will compile all of your stories, including photos, into a thoughtfully crafted, beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. Give your dad the most meaningful gift this Father's Day with StoryWorth. Visit storyworth.com slash momsense to receive $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash momsense, M-O-M-S-E-N-S-E to receive $10 off. Happy Father's Day to my dad, my loving husband, and to all the super dads out there. So let's get back to the people. Your people are parents. And these are the the people that you're really trying to to serve. It's, I mean, it's on a broader community. It's us who, who want to really leave an impact and an impression on 
on future generations. So how are yes. you helping us? I think it's starting at a problem level. The commonality, which is so fascinating to me, is that regardless of where you live, regardless of your skin color, regardless of your religion, regardless of your sexual orientation, regardless of your sexual preference, like regardless of all these things, there's one commonality, one mutually agreed upon piece of life. And that is most people say that parenting is their hardest job on earth, <laughs> but it's their most purposeful job on earth, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the thing that gives them the willingness to survive the struggle. And everyone wants what's best for their kids. Everyone wants their kids to have a better world than the one that they entered. The problem is, is that the way that the system of today is designed is that when we go back 3,000 years ago, collaboration was a part of the human experience. Some people were hunters, some people were gatherers, some people cooked, some people made bowls, but they did it at a tribal level, right? Mm -hmm. One person did a task that benefited everybody else. And the problem with today's world is that the system is designed for I versus us. And so the parental experience, the augmented parental experience from a tribe of 5,000 years ago to not only wealthy people have a paid tribe is, is shattering for 99% of the people that live on this planet who are struggling to manage the workload of their house. And that's what yeah. it is, yeah. right? Is that running a household is so overwhelming because we've developed this muscle memory for decades to take care of ourselves, brush our own teeth, feed ourselves, go to work. Like it's about us. And all of a sudden- or it's about myself, it's about I. And then all of a sudden you have these children and this stuff and then the, the us comes into play. Right. And it's like exponentially harder. And so yeah. what Maple is really designing and hoping to do is kind of broken down into these phases. Phase one is how do we become just the center of truth for the household about what has to happen to best take care of that family, right? Whether that's taking the dog to the vet or planning back to school programs, our summer camp, the things that kind of live outside of our muscle memory on a collective effort. How do we bring, how do we take that mental workload off of, I hate to say it, mom, because 80% yes. of households, mom is managing the, the mental workload. How do we take that mental workload out of mom and put it into a central place where either delegation can happen, the invisible work is exposed, but how do we build this like family operating system that everyone conjugates around this source of truth? So we've done that really, really well. The phase two of this is, hey, how do we build all the tooling associated to these things so that we can help them get it done? Whether that's delegating to life partners, whether that's asking the nanny for help, whether that's conversating about it directly inside of Maple, but all, all the mental workload is at least organized in one central place that everyone can kind of back to that village mentality. Everyone can kind of chip in. And we have mm -hmm. this operating system to our house to allow for collaborative effort, collaborative yes. support. Because yes. I, I generally think that in today's world, and it's an unpopular thing for a male to say, but I think that we're living through a quiet epidemic. I think that moms are burnt out. I think it's why divorce rate in this country is 50%. A mom can have a career and go have a full-time job, but she can't have support at home. Yeah. She can go work a nine to five job, pound for pound, contribute to society the same way as her life partner. And then when we come home, it's also like she has to figure out how the mustard got in the refrigerator. She has to make sure that there's toilet paper in the house. She has to figure out what to cook for dinner. She has to pack the kids' lunch Lunches in the every day. She, yeah. has, she has to make sure that the house is clean. She has to make sure that the dogs go to... <laughs> yes. And so I think at bare minimum, Maple is a step in the right direction to counterbalance, to combat this like terrible system that we've been operating around. And I believe my mom used to say when I was grandpa's kid, if mommy's unhappy, everybody's unhappy. <laughs> True. Right. And it's yeah. true. And the reason why that saying is true is because mommy runs the household. 
And yeah. so I think that Maple today at bare minimum is a place for a family to come together to get things done so that everyone can equally share the responsibility and also equally share the joy of hanging out with their kids, right? It's right. not the daddy just gets to go do park day. Daddy needs to go change diapers and cook dinner and do that other shit too, because it's a co-founder 50-50 partnership yes. and your kids are your product. They're your purpose. Yes. Um, and so that's, that's Maple today. And that's a long winded way of explaining what we do. We are still in beta. We're on iPhone and Android. We have several thousand users in the U.S. and in Canada. We're in every major metropolitan area. We have huge goals and ambitions of changing the way families conjugate, even down to building physical centers someday mm. um, for, for parents to come and do what's best for their kids and give them who may not afford the right kitchen equipment to come and teach their kids how to cook. The vision for Maple is so grand that I look forward to the day that I retire at 70 or 80 and I get to watch the next CEO take it for the next 100 years oh um, because Maple should be around for forever. Yes. Oh, you know, to think that you started and launched this company during the pandemic, mm -hmm. but again, it was born from this need that we needed it more than ever because there was nearly 3 million moms that left the workforce because something had to give. Someone had to stay home and take care yep. of the kids who are no longer in yep. school. And, you know, more often than not, it fell on our shoulders. And so that's where it's just, it's so great to hear from you as a father and hear your perspective because you understand and you empathize and you want to help fix the problem. I want to help fix the problem because I think that the world actually won't get better to some extent until the problem is fixed. Because I do think that all children are a product of their environment. I think that there's so many unmeasurable things that Maple is going to contribute to, right? Most people in today still have some sort of scar tissue from the household that they grew up in for whatever reason. And I think that if we can actually make the household happier and make equality exist, it's a cultural significance, the role that Maple plays. I still don't understand why a woman makes less more money than a man. I don't understand that. I don't understand why men think that like it's not 50-50 in their household. I, I still don't understand that either. And there's a lot of things mm -hmm. I don't understand. I'm trying to be educated and talk to, to good, well, smart people about these things. But what I do know is that there's one truth that is the, the center point of life, which is our purpose. And there's a second truth that is associated to that, which is we're all equals. Yes. We're all equals. Our time on this planet is relatively equal. Our purpose on this planet is ex extraordinarily equal, regardless of location. It's all man-made, which means that if we believe that it's all man-made, man then man can also fix it. Fix it, yes, and change it. Let's flip change. the script and change it, yeah. What has been a dad sense moment for you? It's hard because like, I think at this stage of my life, I have one fear, and that's ruining my kids. I don't know if I can answer that question today because I think it's going to actually be one of these things that my senses in terms of the environment my son is growing up in and like me being emotionally available to him. And I put my son to bed every single night and I read him story time every single night. And I think that my, my sense of getting it right is being involved. The outcome of that won't be solidified for a long time to come, but I can tell you for certain that my sense on being there and being in his life and being a highly involved parent, my sense is that that sacrifice is worth it. Oh, yes. That's Absolutely. my sense is that I know my, my sense is that my son wants me there. My son needs me there. My, I should be there. And that body of work is far more important than the work I'm doing at Maple. Mm. And that means that I sign off at five o'clock to be there for dinner. And that means that I have to work long after he goes to bed. That sacrifice, that sense 
that's the one I'm, I'm probably willing to hang my hat on is that I'm all in on my kid. Yeah, that's beautiful. Let's not forget our quote of the day. Is there a quote that you live by? I, I do. My grandmother in that whole era of giving, you know, I, I, I was told some really hurtful stuff, right? I got turned down by 50. I think giving could have been a huge idea. Mm. I, I got a lot of things wrong for sure. And I can understand now why it didn't work out, but I got turned down by 50 investors. And most of the times it was because I was uneducated. I didn't have a computer science degree. I had investors tell me you're the first car salesman to ever walk in this office. I had a lot of fucking terrible things said to me uh, and discrimination placed against me. And I was struggling and I was starting to feel imposter syndrome. And my grandmother said, be a first class, you not a second class, somebody else. And that just like, profoundly hit me because I realized I just want to live an authentic life. You can hate me. You can love me. I can be polarizing. You can agree with me. You can disagree with me, whatever. That's cool. But like, this is me. And I think just like being okay with who you are. And I don't think anyone is a hundred percent okay with who they am. I'm, I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out who I am and be comfortable in my own skin. But I think if you can live the most authentic version of yourself, the most authentic life, yeah, I think it'll be okay. It's now time for Mom Hall, when we share products we love. Is there a product that you are loving or you would actually want for Father's Day, which is coming up? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. There is a product that I'm loving that has nothing to do with being a dad. Yeah, that's that would, fine. Uh, Tell us about okay. it. Yeah. So I recently bought a electric like motorcycle. Oh, Wow. Um, yeah, Pretty it's called awesome. Cake. I love their company for a lot of different reasons. I think it's just such a cool company. So like that's a product that I'm super loving on a human level because I'm very big on like, I've gotten involved in a bunch of climate initiative things because I'm worried about my son not having an earth in mm -hmm. 60 years and mm -hmm. very concerned about my grandchildren. So like, I love the fact that it's electric and I love the fact that I can like literally plug it into a wall in my house and charge mm -hmm. and ride it around for 50 miles. And um, it's just super, super awesome. But I think that there's one dad-esque product that I'm like really kind of enjoying right now in a very weird way. And it's this like little bike. My son doesn't mm -hmm. know how to ride a bike yet, but yeah. it's like this. I don't know if you can see that thing with that. Black I see it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I put him in that and strap his feet to the pedals and I push him, which forces the pedals to go. Okay. And we have like this, we have this moment because he feels so proud. <laughs> oh, yes. You know what I mean? That's he so feels sweet. so proud. Yeah. Like he just can't believe he's like riding this bike. Right. And, but we're, we're doing it together. Yeah. I, I like, I literally feel like I'm in the moment with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm just like thankful that that company has given me that. <laughs> That's so sweet. Oh my goodness. I love it. Where can my listeners find you? At Michael Perry, kind of almost anywhere on social media. But honestly, I'm not really that interesting of a human. I would imagine that following at Grill Maple is a far better use of time. We are doing a lot of great things. I, I will say this on like a closing note of why people should follow Maple. We may not get it right today. I'm very well aware of that, but we will get it right. And everyone that works at Maple, just like you and I, are uniquely a part of a family. And the, the beautiful thing about Maple is that people come to Maple, I think just they feel it. Because either they've been the product as a son or a daughter or now as a parent or as a husband or as a wife. And I just feel like we have a bunch of people who are like really wanting to make the world better, you know? And I love yeah. that. 
I love that. And so when you, what you see at Maple, I believe, and I could be way wrong. I think you're seeing the best of the human spirit. Well, I'm on board and I'm so happy to work with you and promote Maple and hear from you. Uh, we have a surprise. I'll, I'll tell you more um, when, it's, when it comes to fruition, but we will be hearing so much more from Michael on this podcast. And yes. it's an honor. It's an honor to have your perspective, your light, and you know all of the wisdom that you bring to the table. Well, I am thankful you think I'm valuable and just <laughs> thankful to get to be a part of it. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to today's very special Father's Day episode. Michael Perry is the real deal. And though you heard from him firsthand, I found it really, really compelling to hear from his team his friends, his community, who can vouch for his vision and truly how thoughtful he is as a human being. That's what's really most important in life is how kind are you as a human being? My pillars for That's Total Mom Sense are to be one, informative, two, engaging, and three, inclusive. And that's really, really crucial to me And so you'll be hearing more from Michael on That's Total Mom Sense to shed light on the dad perspective. What's it like for dads who have been on their own IVF journey or dads who are, you know, dealing with their surrogacy journey, adoption, same-sex marriage, co-parenting after divorce? It's important to include all opinions and perspectives. And this is one way I want to go about it with my collaboration with Michael Perry and more broadly, Maple as a company and community because we're all part of the same club. If you have any suggestions for show topics and if there's any topic that you really want to do a deep dive in that you want to hear from me and Michael on, write to me at that's total mom sense at gmail.com. You can follow us at Kanika Chadda Gupta and at Grow Maple on Instagram, where we're going to be posting all of our updates. And of course, uh, I'm on all the podcast platforms. There's Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Good Pods, uh, wherever you listen, we're here for you. Remember, always trust your mom sense and your dad sense. Stay strong, super parents. See you next time. That's total mom sense.